Our mental well-being is a critical component to producing meaningful and positive change many of us want to see in the world. Entrepreneurs are working tirelessly to help improve the health of our industry and the health of our country. That's why I know this episode is going to be incredibly valuable and transformative for our community. I'm honored to share our next guest's timely message for startup founders, entrepreneurs, and innovators that are dedicating themselves to reimagining the healthcare industry. Join me to learn from Aaron Houghton, the CEO of Founders First, and to experience his inspiration and dedication to the entrepreneurial community and how all of us can be supporting this noble and important movement. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Aaron. It is so awesome having you on the podcast today. Welcome aboard. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. Well, since scheduling our time together, I've been eager to have our conversation today. Why? Because you and your team are leading a very important movement around two topics that I'm incredibly passionate about, mental well-being and entrepreneurship. But before unpacking all the inspiring work happening with your founders first system, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Aaron, it's almost time to learn how you are leading others at the intersection of self-care and business goals. But before we dive into that, I'm going to randomly select a question so we can get to know you personally. Ooh, what is one thing that you love to do outside of your work, outside of your business ventures? What's that one thing you love to do? I'm a mountain biker, Mike. That's my big passion in the way that I can always reset my mind when I need to get back to healthy again. So time in the mountains, time on a bike. I actually moved my family three years ago, 2000 miles my wife and my two kids and myself just to orient ourselves into a place here in Boulder, Colorado, where I can spend more time outdoors on my mountain bike. Now, while we're, uh, of course, having this podcast recording virtually to continue to to practice uh, social distancing, I'm down here in Denver. I also have been a big fan of mountain biking since living here in Colorado. You know, one thing that is hilarious here that a lot of people may not understand about us Coloradans, sometimes our bikes are worth more than our cars. It's one of my favorite stats. Yeah. You know, a real passionate mountain biker when you see that ratio, right? And I'm always just trying to figure out how I can stack enough bikes on the back of my car to make that ratio true. All right. The important question, what do you ride? Santa Cruz Bronson's my primary go-to. Did you ever ride the stump jumper? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a hardtail one by 11, 29 or stumpy. That's probably about five years old. That's my kind of light climbing and fun downhill bike. So now the other important question, this one's near and dear to my heart because I get passionate about it. Do you just go for the downhill bomb or do you earn it as well by climbing the uphill? Yeah. In fact, I actually like the, maybe it's because I'm an entrepreneur. I like the pain of the climb more than I like the downhill. So I'm a pretty cautious downhiller. I don't bomb down things, but I do enjoy, you know, the flow and the movement of the downhill part. 
but man, I love the climb. So, you know, I was in Steamboat a couple of weeks ago and I didn't take the lifts up, rode my bike right to the top of the mountain. That's what so I, I really, really enjoy. I knew I liked you. I like you even more because I'm right there. <laughs> I'm right there with you. There's something about just grinding uphill, especially here in Colorado. You can get pretty steep pretty quick, but grinding uphill, working through the technical, it is one heck of a workout. So mountain biking, it is. It's a wonderful sport and some incredible trails here in Colorado. So thank you for sharing that, Aaron. Well, let's start diving in. Wow. What a story. What a movement you and the team are building. But of course, that didn't happen overnight. There's a lot of history behind it. And there's a lot of history as to the why behind you launching Founders First System. Aaron, can you take us back to those moments of you founding, running and exiting companies and how you started framing up launching Founders First System? Let's take that back a bit so our audience can really understand why this movement is so important to you. At a basic level, I'm, you know, a kid from a small town. I grew up middle school and high school in Western North Carolina near Asheville and started a web design business as a hobby because my dad was a professor at a public university nearby and was teaching middle grades teachers how to use technology in their school curriculums. And so he was plugged into Apple computers from the early days and trying to figure out how to use technology to make education a more efficient process. And so I grew up with computers in our house. We had an Apple II GS in, gosh, the early 90s. I programmed my own alarm clock on it so I could wake up before school in the morning and it would flash, you know, time to wake up on the monochrome screen a thousand times in repeating text and then make the nerd, one sound nerd alert. computer made. Yeah, exactly. Watch out, people. So I grew up with this stuff and I said, you know, in high school, I was actually, I was mowing lawns to make business and I have asthma and really bad allergies. And so it was brutal. I was in this hot Southern summer heat and I couldn't breathe and I'm sneezing and I'm like, you know, it was just absolutely brutal. And so I was like, Hey, these computers seem like a less hostile environment to operate in. And so I started designing websites for people, learned and taught myself HTML and then bought an early O'Reilly computer programming book. And that's how I became a software and a computer person at age 17 years old. And over the years, that eventually turned into building software products to solve problems for businesses. In the beginning, it was a way to just make better money easier than having to you know, do $20 per lawn standing in the hot southern summer sun. But over time, it became a way that I could kind of build relevancy for me, being a kid from a small town, wanting to prove to the world that I had something to add and could bring something to the business world, which, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid, it was really intimidating to me to think about, well, I'm going to go to college now. And in four years, I need to figure out, you know, my path in life to some degree, at least. And so I took to computers and started building websites. And that became software that I started building to solve business problems. And one of those pieces of software was one that I built for Mountain Brook Cottages out in Western North Carolina. And Michelle McMahon was the owner and she wanted a way to send emails to replace the physical newsletters that she was sending out to all of her customers through the mail. So she was, you know, printing everything out on an inkjet printer, folding them, collating them, putting stamps on them and mailing it out to 3000 customers. And as technology and email were becoming mainstream, I built a way that she could do that through email marketing instead of doing, you know, cutting down trees and mailing things out and that cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You could do that very cost effectively over email. And that became this company called iContact. It was my most successful ride of the 11 companies that I built over the last 20 years. 
this was the one that grew to great scale. So $3 million in revenue in the first four years, completely bootstrapped. We then raised outside capital, pulled in $65 million across angel investors, venture capital investors, private equity investors, mezzanine debt investors, venture debt investors, and built that company to 80,000 customers around the world, 350 full-time employees across three continents and sold it in 2012 for $169 million to a public company in the Washington, D.C. area. And it was one heck of a ride, and I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. And it was personally very challenging. My co-founder and I were young founders with a lot of pressure, with a lot of capital on the balance sheet in a you know secondary startup market being in the Carolinas. It was not you know one of the most popular ones in the U.S., so we were constantly having to bring in investors from other markets and felt like we were kind of swimming upstream sometimes. And we both suffered. I really suffered personally from the mood swings that come from good days and bad days and good moments and bad moments all in the same day from super high highs to super low lows, you know, moments to days to weeks of suffering from depression, even in the good times, because it didn't always feel so good when things were going well in the business. And For me, it all came to a head in 2013. It was a year after we sold, and I had this absolutely crippling panic attack that, you know, wasn't a new experience for me. I had had panic attacks before, certainly while running the business. This feeling of just kind of losing control of my mind and my body as they all just go into a deep, deep fear response. But this was now a year after selling, and I'd made enough money to not work ever again, and honestly, for my grandchildren to never work again. And I'm running a startup still because that's what I know how to do. And I've started another company and we have a small team and things are going pretty well, but I am completely melting down. And that's the moment I had to look at myself and say, I have maybe broken parts of myself through this process. And by putting the success of my businesses first became really successful from a financial and professional standpoint. But was it an all-time deficit and an all-time low personally with mental health and even physical health as well? Let me ask a question there. I want to stop you really quick because I want to ask an important question because I think this is such a fallacy within the startup and entrepreneurial community is this crush it culture. I'm always crushing it. Were you battling with that? Here you were, you had this huge exit, but then here you were having these anxiety and panic attacks, but then you have these outside pressures. You're seeing everybody always saying, oh, I'm crushing it. Everything's awesome. Was that an internal struggle as well? Yeah, I I think part of the pressure in that moment was the pressure to do it again, because I just had a big exit and all of the media attention that I had had before while running the really successful business was still there. They wanted updates. You know, in the early days of a startup, you're hoping that any journalist responds to your phone calls. And in that first year after the exit, you know, I'm getting 10 calls a week from journalists just wanting to check in to see how the new business is going and get a statement about it. And, and so it was a very different environment that I wasn't used to operating in. I felt like there was a lot more visibility into what I was doing. I used to be the, you know, the guy in the back room building something that no one really cared about. And that was the problem I was trying to solve. And then now I'm the person in the spotlight and I felt a little bit of pressure from that. And then I think also a lot of the, habits that I just built during running the big company, right? The strategies that I had employed, kind of many of them default patterns of numbing my mind with alcohol and pushing myself to work as hard as I possibly can and sleeping four to six hours a night max for years and years just caught up with me. My body and my mind just started to rebel. They were like, we're not going to put up with this anymore. So we're going to take you down. And that's what happened. 
Wow. Unbelievable. And so, because it's hard, I think, for a lot of entrepreneurs, and this is one of the big reasons why I wanted you on here, and we're going to dive into Founders for a System in a moment, but, you know, I'm fortunate and, uh, you know, getting the opportunity to work alongside incredible and amazing minds and entrepreneurs that are serving the healthcare industry. Now think about that, the healthcare industry, trying to bring health to other humans in the industry, in our country, but yet many of them, I see it, and it was even myself, we experience exactly what you're just describing and what a juxtaposition here these entrepreneurs are working tirelessly to bring new innovation to this broken industry we call healthcare, but they themselves are then suffering as well. So thank you for sharing that. So when you say you finally broke down, the body said no more, the mind said no more. What did you do then? The first thing I had to do was just admit that I had a problem, right? This was my rock bottom moment. And so many things up until that point had reinforced that I didn't have a problem because I was, had been and continued to be financially and professionally successful. And so it was that moment where I had to sit with this sort of cognitive dissonance of, I am not actually okay, yet I'm able to produce pretty interesting and what people would kind of quote unquote call successful business results. So I started my own journey in that moment of trying to get back to healthy and happy again as an entrepreneur. And I had the luxury of a lot of time on my hands. I ended up taking two years off. I didn't do it immediately, but it took about a year and a half, two years till I could get the business into a position where I could just take time for myself. And I started trying absolutely everything that I could find. I just asked people. And I I think the first thing I started doing was sharing how I wasn't okay with people. A therapist shared that with me at the time of just stop trying to hide this. Just put it out there in the world. And that was the hardest moment, probably trying to tackle my ego, (laughs) what was required to start sharing these very personal details with people around me. But it created this shift instantly where I said, here is what I'm struggling with. Here is my biggest challenge over the next couple of months. And I started sharing those personal challenges instead of the business challenges. And people started opening up and saying, man, I've experienced this as well. Other entrepreneurs said, oh, I've had that same issue for 10 years and I don't know what the answer is. And some people said, you know, here's some potential solutions. I tried this, it worked. I tried that, it didn't work. And so I started collecting all of these tools and just trying them from literally standing in fields at 5 a.m. here in Colorado, exchanging rocks with strangers to, you know, putting on a foam bodysuit and being attacked by a former special elite military operator to just everything I could find down to as well, traditional, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and everything I could find, leadership programs, coaching programs, transformational programs, mental health programs, and all these unique experiences. And so I started collecting these things and finding what worked for me and trying to kind of be the mouthpiece for entrepreneurs to say, here's what maybe does and doesn't work for people like us and collecting the tools that work best for founders. And that's what over time I have created and turned into the Founders First system. And it's a collection of these tools that work really well for myself and other type A, competitive, maybe ego strong, mentally, um, gosh, alternative (laughs) type people whose minds just work in different ways. So that's the set of tools we put together into a process that I call the Founders First System. And it's a set of tools and disciplines for getting founders back to healthy and for keeping founders healthy so they can be healthy and happy as they build their companies and change the world. 
Well, we're going to dive in a little bit more into detail there and how our community can get involved because it is important. And so a quick question, staying back in time a bit, you're going through this journey, you're trying everything, like you said, being attacked, exchanging rocks or otherwise. Did you know that it was going to turn into this? Did you have it? You know, you're very entrepreneurial, you're very visionary, very future thinking. You can see things that others don't. That's what entrepreneurs are. All the good ones are really, really excellent at. Did you know while going through that experience that it was going to turn into this movement and this community that is now the founder's first system? It happened really organically. And I was honestly one of those frustrated people that's so type A and so competitive that I was kind of frustrated that I hadn't found something I was incredibly passionate about after my exit. And I think part of my breakdown as well was that I was running another software company. Again, it was a marketing automation tool in a similar space to where I'd been in the past with a similar target market. And I felt like I was making a difference, but it didn't really align with my personal passions. It, it felt like I was doing what I was good at and it was helping other people, but it wasn't something I could bring a ton of passion to every day. And what started to happen through those early personal conversations that I had where I started sharing what, you know, being vulnerable and sharing where I was struggling was that these people just started kind of lining up around me and they would ask if they could fly into Boulder and have me teach them everything that I'd learned. They would just reach out at 11 PM on a Saturday night or a Monday night and say, they're having a crisis. You know, do I have a moment to talk? And so it started to form really organically around this group of people that Honestly, they were supporting me as much as I was supporting them to hear where they were struggling and to try and help helped me massively because it made me feel connected and it made me start to realize how many other people are in this experience together. And so that was the origin of Founders First and, and then the Founders First system is that I wanted to start to organize these tools that I was collecting and that people were sharing with me and really organize these conversations so that it was something that entrepreneurs who needed support could come and join. And because I'm an entrepreneur, it, it just manifests itself into a business because that's what I know how to build. But it really came from this groundswell of people starting to talk about their health and their performance as people, as entrepreneurs, as the founders behind their companies and shifting a little bit away from what's really been the dominant dialogue in the business world and in the entrepreneurial world, which is business tools and tricks for optimizing your company, for tracking your company, for improving your company, frameworks, tools, systems. And what we've built here is a framework and a tool and a system, but for the people behind these incredible companies instead. We're going to dive into that in just a moment, but let me set the stage here. It states here that the Founders First system focuses on the intersection of self-care and business goals, keeping you mentally and physically strong while you build your company. So how are you doing that tactically, Aaron? How are you working with these founders? How are they finding out about you? And then of course, you know, you're a tech entrepreneur just like myself, and we always probably have in the back of our mind, how do we scale this, right? So maybe you can first start on the tactic side. What does this look like for an entrepreneur wanting to be a part of this? And then let's also talk about how you start scaling this effort and this movement. Yeah, there's a couple pieces of it. The primary tools that we've built are effectively a structured intervention program for creating behavior change in entrepreneurs. And it's a 10 hour self-paced digital course that we produced this spring during COVID. Actually, this was intended to be something we created and delivered as live workshops. And we pivoted like so many other businesses did and turned this into a fully digital experience on iOS, Android and on the web. So you can literally participate in all of our training programs 
just from your phone with your headphones on in the same way someone's listening to this podcast right now. And through that platform, people interact with each other as well. And so the goal is to teach awareness, self-awareness first, and then to help people build a plan and a strategy based on things that we know that entrepreneurs need. We know that entrepreneurs have an extremely high likelihood of depression, 2x more than any other type of professional, three times more likely to have substance abuse issues, six times more likely to have ADHD, and they're 10 times more likely to be bipolar. So we go specifically at these types of behaviors in our program and help people build ways to identify when they're not on the right track and then to find the tools to bring them back to healthy again. And we wrap all of this inside what we call the five factors of health and performance. And these five simple factors we have people track in an app that we have that reminds them every day to just do a quick recording of these five factors around energy, around calm, around anxiety, around their time spent on their personal identity and on their happiness. Those are the five factors. And this is um, what entrepreneurs use to stay healthy. These are the, you know, the lights down the runway, the bumpers that tell you when you're not on track and help you get back on track again. And we use that language, that shared language among people in the Founders First community so that they can help each other. My dream for where I want to go with this is that when we can have in-person events again in the future, when entrepreneurs come together, their name tag, you know, it will say, hi, my name is Mike. And underneath your name tag, it will have your five factors with a letter grade on each of them and that people can be that vulnerable and open with each other. So when you and I meet for the first time, I can see, wow, you're really struggling with energy category. Let me share a few things that have really worked for me for maintaining consistent energy, bringing to my passion every day or you can see that I'm really struggling on the anxiety scale and you can share some tools with me that help bring you to calm and things that have worked for you. That's the vision that I have. Well, I love it. And as when we can get back together, I hope you and your uh, organization will uh, come down to Catalyst in downtown Denver, our healthcare innovation campus. I have a 400 person event hall waiting for you and I will be the first one to fill out that name tag. This stuff is so important. And I hope that our entrepreneurs and our startup executives are listening to this message. I cannot stress how important this is. Me personally, I was on the brink of divorce. I was incredibly overweight. I was having tremendous stress and back spasms because of it, having to go to the hospital, almost going under the knife for surgery. I mean, this stuff is no joke. And I love how you frame it up, Aaron. You know, one thing that I always say to a lot of my friends, I think I even mentioned this to you on a previous conversation before this podcast recording, why can't we get into society this notion of Aaron had an amazing workout in the gym this morning or amazing bike ride on his mountain bike? Why can't Mike then say, hey, last night I had an incredible session with our marriage counselor. Mm -hmm. Why can't we get there? And so you're really pushing that. And I just got to applaud it. It is so, so important. Yeah, I think that's a great point. All parts of this are not just OK, but I think we should be pushing them as far as promoted and celebrated, right? I heard a really influential leader share last year that, you know, if the word therapist bothers you, then just change it. Think about it as an emotional coach. Your emotions are a huge part of your ability to produce the change that you want to in the world and to take care of yourself, honestly. And why not have a coach around that? You can hire an executive coach in your business. Why not have an emotional coach? Yes, those people happen to be called therapists, but that's just what they call themselves. Think about it like having an emotional coach. I love it. I love it. Well, another piece I want to kind of quickly uh, have you highlight is, yes, you're developing these tools, offering them out to entrepreneurs and founders. But another big need, I know it and you know it, 
is this notion of community, right? As, and let me set the stage before I ask you the question. You've been there. I've been there. It's a very lonely place to be a founder, to be an entrepreneur and leading a company. People think, you know, oh, they see me in a news release. They see me in a big blog post. They see me online and they see all this, you know, whatever you want to call it, success. But it's a lonely place. What are you guys doing to build community and build community around the world for all of these founders? That's the first piece that we've built. And it's, I think, the most critical part of our entire program is a free community that we have that lives inside of our app on iOS and Android. It's called the Founders First Community. And it's where people interact. We didn't want to build this inside of something like Facebook in a Facebook group because it just didn't feel right to ask people and to share their deepest, darkest <laughs> challenges in their life and then, you know, see a picture of grandma's apple pie recipe next to it. So we built a safe, protected place where people can have these conversations and support each other. And I'm just hearing every single day from people inside the community where they're struggling. That same conversation I shared earlier about where I started putting where I'm vulnerable and or being vulnerable and sharing where I'm struggling and what challenges I have first. That's really the mantra we have inside of the Founders First community and people share where they're struggling. And it's just incredible. People even beat me to the response, even though I'm the most passionate member, I think, of the community because this has been my journey for 10 years now. But, you know, I log in in the morning and just look at the threads and someone's posted something from, you know, Mumbai overnight. And the next thing you know, there's eight people that have already responded and shared where they've had similar challenges and what worked for them. And I read it and I just get so much incredible value out of it myself. And sometimes I don't even have anything to add in the end. That's the power of this community is that so many people have been on this journey, just like I have. And we're built this place so that all these people can come in together and share what they've learned to help each other. So cool. That is awesome. So let's grab the crystal ball. What is all of this work, this movement that you and the team are creating? Like you said, it's a global movement hearing from founders and leaders all the way over in Mumbai. Let's grab that crystal ball. What does this work? What does this movement look like? I typically ask in the next three to five years, but now being in COVID, I don't even know what tomorrow looks like. <laughs> Things are changing so fast. What does this look like in the next three, six, nine, 12, 18 months for you, the team, and the movement that you're creating? Yeah, we're really early into this. We just passed 300 members in the community. My personal goal is to get it to 10,000. There's a lot of data around that's what causes these communities to really take off. About 10% of users will be the really passionate, active users. And when you get about 1,000 really active participants, these communities just take off and become something on their own that is sustainable and really, really powerful. And so that's what we're shooting for in the community itself. The broader vision and the tools that we're building, the program I mentioned earlier is, is called our Peak Ability Program, where we have the digital training course and then weekly accountability group meetings where people are using these five factors in that shared language to support each other in a structured way. My goal with that is really, really big, and it's to solve the founder mental health crisis. I shared some of those statistics earlier that come from Dr. Michael Freeman's research, the 200% more likely to have depression, 6x ADHD, three times more likely to have substance abuse, 10x to be bipolar, 10 times more likely. Actually, sorry, it's 11 times. I wrote it down in my notes here, Greg, 11 times more likely to be bipolar from his research. It's just absolutely stunning. And so we want to be the primary solution to that. There's a lot of people talking about it and saying we need to do something about this. But we are the first tool ever built specifically to do this for entrepreneurs. And we're trying to make it great so it will solve this problem. 
I love it. And you're going to be doing so much for so many members in our community here at Passionate Pioneers. We have some of the brightest minds and entrepreneurs listening in that are working tirelessly to help improve the health of our industry and the health of our country and the health of our world. And so I know your message is going to be so incredibly valuable and important to them, but let's flip the script on you. While you're going to be helping so many of our community members, how can our community be helping you? What is one problem, need, or question that you and the team have that we can contemplate or help you with? Yeah, our primary challenge is that the first thing I mentioned here in our vision, which is to grow the community to 10,000 members. So entrepreneurs, you can join our free community, participate. That's, I think, the biggest thing that you can do to help us. You can share it with people in your networks to bring more entrepreneurs into it. It's completely free. It's a really elegant experience. You can use it on the web or download our apps on iOS or Android. And then for researchers or psychologists or people from the medical community that are leading parts of this dialogue already or leading tools that we could be using in our program, we've got a group called the Leadership Circle where we have nine of the premier leaders in this space, researchers, psychologists, psychiatrists, and we need to build that team as well. So people that can help guide us to make sure we're building the most effective tools and testing them and improving them in the most effective ways. Well, let me add to Aaron's ask as well, because I know that there are so many executives, whether it be in the hospital systems, the insurance industry, academic partners, venture capitalists, or otherwise that are listening in, be an enabler. Share this message with the entrepreneurs that you're helping enable, that you're working alongside and helping them go to that next level, because it's going to take all of us to continue to support these very brilliant and dedicated minds to also maintain that mental well-being as well. So share this message with them, help enable the growth of this community with Aaron and the team at Founders First. So you can also share more ideas about what Aaron just asked of us over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There'll be an entire post around Aaron's episode where you can leave comments, feedbacks, questions, or otherwise. Again, over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Aaron, thank you for sharing that. Also, where can we as a community just get a hold of you directly? What are some websites, social media handles, or otherwise, where can we find you? Yeah, the best place to find me is in the Founders First community. So on the web, it's community.foundersfirstsystem.com. And I'm in there every day. That's easy enough. We'll also include that over again at passionatepioneers.com, as well as a link in the episode notes. So if you're listening from your favorite podcast player, simply scroll down, click the link, and it'll take you right to Aaron's community. So thank you for that, Aaron. Well, we're going to close it down. There is so much more that I'd love to ask because these are two very important topics in my world that I get incredibly passionate about. So I actually might just put you on the spot right now. We might need to bring you back for an update in the coming months. You all right with that? Absolutely, Mike. We'd love to. I love it. Well, let's start closing it down. We're at one of my favorite parts. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Mike, I am a passionate pioneer because I believe that entrepreneurs can be healthy and happy and build great companies and change the world. Boom. Love it. Well done. And I can tell you live, eat and breathe this stuff. You are incredibly passionate around this. And it is such an honor to have you here today, Aaron, and to have your message shared with our community. This is going to be so important to so many of them. So thank you for taking a pit stop and being with us today on the podcast. Know that you have an entire army over here with the Passionate Pioneers Global Community. And we look forward to continuing to be part of your movement. But for now, thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate it. 
Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 